Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, hello. This is Recap the Nation, a Fake the Nation bonus podcast where we recap the shit out of shows that are making a splash in the American cultural conversation. And The Golden Bachelor is one such show. Don't worry, you'll still get regular episodes of Fake the Nation every Thursday. Um, but today is the last episode of The Golden Bachelor. Because today we are recapping the finale and my golden rose was it a doozy um first let me introduce you to your wonderful wonderful panel today we have joining us um for the one millionth time both of them this is the one millionth anniversary of both of their appearances on this show um in the fake the nation universe um first up we have uh, the incredible comedian uh, and I didn't ask you how you want to be introduced. So what do you want me to say, Corey? Oh, I have a new book out right now called Round Here <laughs> yes. and Over Yonder. Uh, it Round make, Here and Over Yonder. Yeah, it, it makes a wonderful Christmas gift. And uh, me and Trey Crowder narrated the audio book. So uh, that's how I think you should get it. I'm not sure if the book company likes me saying, I prefer you do this, but... That's what I prefer because, uh, I mean. So, you know. I, and I'll say on behalf of the publisher, which is really the little guy here, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that you Collins, should go the, to the most startup. evil corporate place <laughs> to buy the book. No, go. I would. I, I always direct people to bookshop.org. Yes, likewise. Um, or indie books. Um, and then also, obviously, the audio. And also, um, we're Trey Crowder fans here at Fake the Nation. He's been on the show as well. So, it's like you're getting a lot of a Fake the Nation alone. Um, vibes in this book that you should immediately be purchasing as a gift. Well, thank you. Um, so the wonderful Corey Ryan Forster, thank you so much for joining us. And we're also joined today by um, this other wonderful podcaster, the host of... Um, well, I, you have like a hundred podcasts. I know. And so, Gabe, tell us the name of your podcast. Yeah, I have uh, Bad With Money, which is a finance podcast uh, where we talk about your feelings as well. I have Just Between Us, which is with my illustrious co-host, Allison Raskin, which is a variety show. And then my new show is with River Butcher, uh, and it's called The New Guys, uh, K-N-E-W. And it's a podcast for everyone by two trans guys. First of all, again, Allison, River, all just like 
we love them people at Fake the Nation. Oh, yeah. So it's like, guys, keep the circle flowing <laughs> into the extended universe mm-hmm. of the people that I love. This is all about who I love. Exactly. So, the Nagin Farsad extended universe. Exactly. The Nagin Farsad extended universe. Um, follow these podcasts. They're so wonderful. I subscribe to two of the three of them. And now I'm reminded that I need to subscribe to the third. Um, I'm so excited for the for the the new podcast with River. That's that's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so folks, before we get into this episode, I just want to remind people that they can go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad to support the show because maybe you're getting like two episodes of a Fake the Nation product um, in your feed and maybe you're really excited about that and maybe you just want to keep, um, you want to just show the love. So go to fakethenation.com. Sorry, go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad to support the show. Now, let us get into the finale of The Golden Bachelor. I just want, I'm going to start with the big fat news, and then we'll sort of go backwards and talk about segments of the show, okay? Now, because it's like, obviously, we, we all know now that the the chosen one is Teresa. Teresa's the chosen one, and uh, we can all talk about what we feel about that, but let's just first talk about how it all kind of panned out. Now, the first thing that happens in the episode is that Gary's kids meet Teresa, um, how did you, Gabe, how did you feel that went? Uh, I thought it went well. I think it's interesting that they chose her to go first. I'm always interested in like the behind the scenes manipulation. Yes, so yes. I think that it's interesting they chose her to go first. I don't know if he had indicated that he was going to choose her or um, if it just they pushed that psychologically so that he would go into his date with Leslie like thinking about Teresa uh, but I thought it went well. I mean, look, she's 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 good at um, I don't want to say she's a showman, but like, you know what I mean? She's good. She's good at that. She's good at marketing herself. Yeah, she's good at marketing herself. Right. She's she's clear on her brand identity. Yes. Yes, totally. Yes. As the stable, which is one. what everyone wants to hear about their grandmother. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Corey, what did you think about the meeting of the family? Well, I, you know, I'm the same as Gabe in that, like, I it's hard for me to watch things like this without putting on my, like, producer or behind-the-scenes hat and, like, kind of going, okay, how many takes was this? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Right, Because right. I'm watching it, and I'm going, uh, okay, the kids seem excited for their dad, you know, but, like, I, they're definitely acting different than I would be acting if I was having to watch my dad uh, you know, pork a bunch of gilfs on national TV. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's why I lean back to like, okay, I wonder, I wish I could see all the takes when like one of the kids' faces was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. And they had to cut it out. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I agree with the with the Teresa branding stuff. You know, definitely someone who I know, uh, no matter how this pans out, will have a successful cooking segment on Instagram, you know, at least. Right. Uh, But yeah, you know, again, the kids didn't kind of act like I would have acted, but that's to be understood, I suppose. Do you, wait, so do you feel the kids were, what do you mean by that? Like, they were more polished than you would have been? Yeah. Because you're normally such a fucking disaster? Yes. Oh my God. 100%. (laughs) And I would, it would just like, I, I, when I watch things like this, I dive secondhand embarrassment anyways all the time. I know. That's, that's one, like it's, and part of me really enjoys that. Like I like, cringing when there's no actual consequences. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Me but, too. But, but for the kids, there are consequences. And I'm just like, I would be falling. I wouldn't have gone on. I wouldn't have gone on at all. I would have told my dad, you don't get to do this. I mean, he wouldn't have listened to me, but like, you know. Yeah. Right. My dad no, would be, I, I my dad would not pass a background check, but he would be an incredible <laughs> golden bachelor. My dad would be the is, worst one. <laughs> is is your dad a bachelor? No, but I very much want my aunt to go on because she's beautiful. Um, but uh, she's not. Her husband died last year, so I don't know that she's. That's the vibe for her. Quite but, ready. Yeah. Right. 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 I, well, they are looking. I know, but it would also be like I think. Also, I agree with Corey that it would be like awkward a lot of it was very awkward and I didn't get a sense of the daughters really or like what they were about which sometimes you you get like a personality vibe from the family and I just wasn't getting anything yeah I mean the interesting thing about Gary's daughters I do I feel like they're they it's like they were coached or they're just they kind of read a little bit like 
like little league coaches or something yeah. where they're just like really just are like, okay, now we're going to ask you about this. Now we're going to ask you about mm-hmm. this. Now we want to make sure that you have like, or they're just like, you know, they're like management flow experts or something. Yeah. Like there's something about that just felt like very good yeah. at handling this thing that it, even the granddaughters. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, 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 again, yeah, Corey, I was shocked by like, how well they were they did and how much media coaching did they get to like make that happen or are they just like naturally good yeah i think mm-hmm. for next season what they need to do is do like how the nfl does and have them <laughs> mic'd up uh even when the camera's not <laughs> yes, on and yes. so like and, and cuz trust me i've i've had bit worn a lapel mic a lot in my 20 year career and i will tell you this 99.9% of the time, I immediately forget I have that son yep, of a bitch on. Yep, immediately. Yep, so yep. they've already signed they've already signed the consent form to be recording. It's not illegal. Start give us the audio from when they walk out away yes, from the camera. Yes. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, what a bitch. Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. Um yes. uh, and I also just want to say, in my uh career having lapel mics on, I feel like I'm always going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm I doing. know. <laughs> Loudly. <laughs> Always. Just loudly going to the bathroom. That's what I feel like is always happening. Okay, so now one thing I wanted to talk about was when they, so this was the other weird, so by the way, the setup of like they, everyone's watching this in a live show and and the timeline, I don't know how many months have transpired between this actually happened, but then the live show was happening and that whole thing. It seems like it was a while. Like several weeks, I'm I'm imagining, um, and and like just knowing what we know about editing timelines, it probably was several weeks. But so what happens then is so the live show is watching, so you get to see some of the reactions of the of the other um, contestants and the kids and all this shit. Um, what happens then is after the daytime meet and greet with the family, then Gary goes to her room and they have like a you know tete a tete. Um, and one thing that Leslie says to, sorry, not Leslie, Teresa says to Gary is, I wouldn't want you to choose me unless you're one, unless you 1000% wanted me. So she yeah. sort of like lays down the hammer a little bit of like, this better be real. Like I'll be devastated if it isn't, but I don't, I'm solid as a, a human being. It is yeah. what that kind of felt like. What'd you think of that moment and, and their general interaction that night? Well, what Gary says after that, if I'm not mistaken, is, "Oh, I wouldn't make the decision unless I'm a thousand, you know, percent in." And and I mm-hmm. and, and and as soon as he said that, by the way, I thought Gary was a psychopath this whole time. I'm just saying, everybody, really? yeah, because everybody, he's very politician-like to me. He's got the yeah. per- anybody, and this is going to be a hell of a thing coming from me because I've been accused of this. Uh, but anyone with a perma smile. In this economy, <laughs> in this economy, I just don't trust them. They're hiding something. Uh, he reminds me, I can't remember the politician. He reminds me of Gary Johnson. That's who he reminds me of. Oh, even though I, oh, I, what I, is Aleppo? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So uh, anyways, what was I saying? Oh, he said, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do this unless I was a thousand percent. And I'm like you going, what's the timeline here? How can you go from I'm not a thousand percent to in 12 hours, you know, okay, I'm a thousand percent. Like it was just, it, you know. Here's my theory. Okay, once she said that she was like really smart and financially stable, <laughs> he was he was like, "Oh fuck, like this is the more uh, smart choice, choice. Mm-hmm. because Leslie's been married and has a, a, a couple times and has been like sort of emotional and is like a, a you know, um younger, like 10 years younger." And uh and and then I thought that after I always look at like after the overnights and he and Leslie seemed like kind of weird and yeah. like weren't laying in bed touching. And he and Teresa were both like were laying in bed sort of touching and like being more affectionate. I got the sense that he had a better time with Teresa in the overnights. And that's what made him choose it immediately, like 100%. I have a question because this yeah. is my first experience watching the, the any form of The Bachelor or pretty much any reality show. And I did it because I love Nagin so much and she asked me to. And I was like, <laughs> I'm fully committed. All right. So you were talking about their, their alone times or whatever. See, I felt the opposite because in the episode before uh, the finale or whatever, like – 
I, I was convinced he was going with not Teresa, but uh, Leslie. Leslie. I was like, Leslie, it, yeah. a matter of fact, it threw me off so much because like, I was like, holy shit, he's telling her right now that he's going to get engaged to her. And I was like, this mm-hmm. whole thing's over. It's only the third quarter. What is going on? And I was like, is this how they always do it? And uh, like, I was convinced I was watching the finale, even though it wasn't the finale, but I thought he had, I don't know, the date with the alone time with Teresa started off weird because he'd been with Leslie telling her like, I think yeah. we're going to do yeah, this, whatever. Yeah, that was whatever. really awkward, yeah. But you're right in that as soon as Teresa was like, by the way, one day I just started fucking around on E-Trader and I became a, d- a day trader and I leveraged that into this, his eyes shot up. He's like, ooh, we independent yep. woman. And then she mentioned, she's like, but I've always said if I found the right man, I would stop working and i noticed a little micro uh not a, a, a micro what's it called uh when you make a face expression, but barely micro expression. expression i'm an idiot and where he was just like oh <laughs> i just found out you were a successful day trader please don't quit working this is what's making me like you the most right yeah or or just i mean and this is gross or it's just that like the reality of them retiring together in a comfortable way became yep. so much more realistic right because yep. right? you can't fucking go to aruba like on a budget right. you know what i mean he was like leslie's a mess that's why i think he didn't choose faith because he didn't he was like i'm not moving to a horse farm right <laughs> well okay so before we get into leslie let's take a quick break so we can hear from our sponsors and when we get back Leslie, Leslie, Leslie. Mm-hmm. This HeadGum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank 
you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. And we are back and we are ready for Leslie. Okay, so the Leslie day went radically different. I mean, maybe not on the kid um, angle. He, she, she started meeting the grandkids. They had a nice little interaction. The granddaughter sort of died. I mean, died. Oh, my God. The, grand, the granddaughter There were some people cried, that died on cried. the show. That's for sure. No. Oh, well, the one, the one well, they, person's friend. They, the, the, well, but also just a bunch of their widowers and widows. Sure, um, right. The the granddaughter cried. Obviously, she misses her grandmother. And also she is thinking like, I want my grandfather to be happy. There's just like tears that you really genuine tears about hearing someone right. love your grandfather the way you do, you know. Yeah. And that seemed kind of like to work like a charm. Um in terms of like, you know, upping Leslie's prospects. I mean, what did you guys think about Leslie's interaction with the kids? Well, uh, the tears I felt could have been a lot of reasons. Number one, as I mentioned earlier, just sheer, she's young, sheer embarrassment of being on camera, all these emotions coming out. But also like the whole thing I kept thinking the whole time was like, dude, kids deal with like enough bullying as it is whenever nothing's going wrong. And like, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine being a kid and all of my friends watching my grandma. Yeah. Like, I know. That's crazy. Am I wrong? Like, yeah. it just it felt you're weird. Not wrong. No, no, you're not wrong. I mean, I hope that it works to their benefit. Like, how fun, you know? Sure. The, the reputation of the show is, oh, my God, what a great se- what a great season of television. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like it's going to work to their benefit. That said, it's um, a horrible nightmare. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But also, one thing they said, and I don't know, Gabe, if you noticed this, one of the daughters was like, I question, because Leslie started crying talking to the daughters. Yeah. Saying, like, I've never had the death till death do you part, a sentiment we've heard her say before. Yeah. And she starts crying. And then the daughters question, when they then talk to Gary, question Leslie's emotions. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's sad and it sucks. And I know a lot of older women who have had Leslie's experience and it gets really draining and it gets really um it really gets to you and like especially getting married twice and thinking okay this is it like everything she was saying about like I just want to be chosen and like I I understand all of that but if I was a a kid I would see that as a bit of a red flag because she's putting she's putting all of her self-worth and and validation in the hands of a man like yet again Uh, and and um and i would see that as like oh no uh yeah i know it's sad it sucks it's you know and i don't know if you you had this Corey is like a teen or i felt those emotions like i'm never chosen and all that stuff as a teen. And then I kind of went to college and I got it, you know, I started getting more confidence and blah, 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 yeah. blah. I started fucking some dudes I, I, and yeah. like that gay. Um, but like, I just, I just, it, it it went away. Like that I'm not chosen thing. You know what I yeah. mean? But she's um, had a I, tough I, life. She's had a tough time. And I'm not saying it's, it's it, it, it that she's wrong to still feel that way. I'm just surprised that she still feels that way. That there's something about age that you hope gives you the wisdom to not feel those things anymore. And she still feels those things. Well, I mean, after two divorces, like, I think she's had a rough go. I think men have not historically treated her well. Yeah. I think she's had a rough go, too. But, you know, and grandkids are smarter than we give them credit for. But perhaps when you hear a 70-year-old woman who is very attractive, financially has it all together, clearly has a good head for business, saying, no one ever chooses me, you might think to yourself, I wonder why that is. Do you know what I mean? You think, like, is, right, that, right, is that what we're, right. is that what we know about Leslie? That she has Oh, actually, fun- do we, do, yeah, do we know that she's, that she's stable? Oh, I'm so, I'm so stable? stupid. My brain was on Teresa. My brain was on Teresa. Even without that though, point stands. 
very attractive woman and you've lived this long life. So it look, if you're if it's you're 22, 23, whatever, in your 30s and it's like I've never been chosen. It's like, well, it's still early in life, but you know, goddamn, you get in your 70s, you've never been chosen. Come on now. What's what's going on? I just think men right. have I just think men have have treated her shittily and maybe that is because she's attractive and I don't know, but like I just I get it. I know this type of person and like it's sad and it sucks. But uh, you can't you can't romanticize this one man who's treated you nicely. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 also you can't you can't feel that like oh if this one man doesn't choose me it's it's another yeah. it's an example of this tr- pattern of my life. You know. know what I mean? It's like the the odds just don't work that way. I feel dating. so bad. I feel so bad. Well, let's I, talk about let's talk about the gut wrenching scene that that kind of happens later. Mm-hmm. Then Gary goes over to her room. Um, she gives him. Oh, God, I just like my heart skips. Like yeah. just even talking about this, where she gives him a gift, and the gift is. I have a lot of questions about this gift because the gift is a book where she had screen grabs of the footage, essentially, of their mm-hmm. memories together mm-hmm. in a book. And I'm like, did she ask the producers to like print out the? I mean, I have just a lot of questions <laughs> on how those screen grabs happened. Um, but but there's it's photos of some of their memories from the the series, um, and then a lot of empty pages for them to fill out together in the rest of their lives, having memories. And they always have Gary's, the um the the one of the people do that, don't they? Always have that? Do they? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah me, they me always have somebody, and it's usually not the person they're going to choose. So they try to set. They almost set this person up for for embarrassment, right? Um, but yeah, they almost always have someone who who did this. They provide them with photos, or you know, right? It seems right. very false to me always, but yeah, uh, obviously because we know she didn't have a camera. You know what I mean? Yes. It's right. just so ridiculous. I would never, um, I would never try to speak for all men. I will say that we all suck. Every single one of us, even the good ones, we just suck less. Um, but <laughs> if you take away the context of this show, and I'm a dude. And I've been seeing a girl, and not exclusively, by the way, not not yeah. exclusively at all, for a couple months. And one day she comes up to me and gives me a goddamn scrapbook of our time together. Yeah, I'm out. You know what I mean? But again, in the context of the show, it makes sense. And as Gabe said, it was probably a setup. Um, I have made a scrapbook for someone, but it was after like three years. Yeah, three years. That's fine. You. Yes, that is okay. Yes, I'm talking about that's months. Fine. I, that yeah. is totally yeah. three years is plenty of time yeah. to put a enough scraps pictures. in the book. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say that I, the most I've ever done th- that felt insane to me is like I wrote like a like a almost a love a love memo. I don't even want to call it a letter. A memo. <laughs> it, and it, but and that was after like four months or something, and we were in the throes of you know that's fine. it was mm-hmm. like. It felt decent at the time. It also is like I, I do so little of those kinds of things. Like I just act like, what? I don't have emotions. Fuck you. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's how I am. What You know, that, that's my courtship phase. Um, so like it, you know, but it felt even insane to do that. <laughs> um, so, she, so she gives him this book. He's weird. And then he leaves the room and she's like, do you have something to tell me? And he's like, no. And then he leaves the room. And then he goes and cries on a, some stairs. And then he comes back. And I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I'm he, glad he told her before the thing, before being on the, the Before platform. the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was nice for, for her. I know that definitely softened the blow. Probably robbed us of a really high-quality reality show moment when she fainted and fell apart there. Uh, but, yeah. mm-hmm. but I got to tell you, you know, and I'd been feeling this way for a long time. I ain't having any more Gary's tears. I don't believe him. He cries too much. You know what I mean? He's crying over everything. Oh, you were the love of my life. Oh, you were the love of my life. He's a psychopath. I'm telling you. I'm telling <gasps> but you. Corey, I feel, okay, just as like, and to be a tears defender here, I cry a shitload. Mm. And I, I'm like, oh, are me and Gary cut from the same cloth? Like, you, we just fucking cry all the time. Yeah, but you're not a white man in this country. We have to <laughs> fake <laughs> our tears so often because everything's going so well for us. That's why it's suspect. When you cry, I understand. Someone may have accosted you on a subway. You're a very pretty person. 
But when a goddamn white man from Indiana starts crying, <laughs> it's because he realizes he's going to have to vote for Mike Pence. That's when oh those God. people start crying. <laughs> Yeah. Can I just also, I, the, the only note I wrote down about this scene is it is painful to watch someone get dumped. Yeah. Yeah. That was not, that was not fun to yeah. see. She was r- legitimately. Well, because he was like, you're the one. He did say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was saying, I love you. He said, I love you to her first. I always think about, like, imagine Teresa watching that back. Like, I, oh, yeah, I would, I always think about like, okay, so you decided to choose me in 24 hours. You were saying all this stuff to her. You were saying yeah. that she was the one. Um, you were saying all this stuff to both of us. Right. But he was more effusive about Leslie and they had that like very dramatic kiss, I think. Like, yeah, he, he had, he was saying that more to her. I feel like I, I the agree. things he was saying to Leslie were not milk, you know lukewarm milk toast it was like very very passionate very like he went into the thing with Teresa the the overnight date being like I don't know I thought he was gonna dump Teresa like it's very um he he did lead she was angry Leslie and he did lead her to that yeah no she's and she was right to be angry speaking of kissing uh not to keep piling on Gary which I do but he is one of the more awkward kissers I've ever Scene. Both of his lips look like individual bird beaks trying to find a worm. Like it, ju- I can't. It's like he can never find the lips on the first go. Like he accidentally hits the chin. Like it's just. Yeah. I don't know. I'm telling well, you, this guy is a robot. In an earlier episode of this recap, we talked about the fact that, like, I learned that I've never seen civilians kiss really. Right. Because this is my first reality TV experience, and oh. civilians do not kiss as well as, as actors. That's a great point. This is oh. me too. I yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. I bet I kiss like that too, and I just don't know. Yeah, you probably look like a, yeah, like an idiot when you because I'm not Clooney. Wow. wow. Okay. Actors have fucking actors are holding angles. They're being told where to put their fucking chin. I retract. I mean, it's completely different. It's completely different. I retract. Now, let me ask you a question, Gabe. You're more of a Bachelor Nation head. Um, Is it how typical is it for someone to tell both candidates, I love you and I love you? Like, how typical is that? It used to be it used to be really taboo. Um, they okay. used to just be able to be like, I'm falling for you or I could be in love with you, um, that kind of thing. And then it really depends on how the show portrays it, right? Like sometimes people do it and the show portrays it as like they're the victim. They're like really overcome. You know, they don't know what to do with Zach and with Clayton. They did like this whole big hullabaloo where it was like so awful that he had said, I love you to all three of them. It was like he was the devil. He was like a terrible person. Um, So it really depends on how the show portrays it. If they don't make a big deal of it or they they portray the the lead as like a victim, um, then the audience goes with that because we're all stupid lemmings. But if uh, <laughs> if they portray it as like this person is a psycho and horrible uh, like they did to Clayton, then it's like, oh my God, he's he was intimate with all of them, and he said, "I love you" to all of them. Like, what an what a, a horrible person. Um, but if they don't call attention to it, them all having overnights, and you think maybe they slept with both of them, weren't was not a big deal. But also with Zach, they did. He was like, "I'm not gonna have sex on my overnights." He said that, which I was like. Don't say that, buddy. They're going to try to get you. That's when you have sex the most, by the way, is when you say I'm not. It's like if I ever say I'm not getting drunk tonight, drunkest I've ever been in my life. Every single time. Yeah, on that note, note, and me bringing up earlier that Gary kind of reminded me of of a politician. I don't know if y'all noticed this, but in several episodes leading up to and then in the recap they were doing, there were a couple women who said, I love you to Gary. And like a true politician, he, one, one, he literally, he, he said this, he go, they go, I love you. And he goes, I can feel that as well, which he didn't really say, I love you. And then my absolute favorite, and damn it, I can't remember which one it was. Um, they go, Gary, I love you. And he goes, I can tell. It was very yes. Han. It was, it was so fucking Han Solo in, New, you know, in Return of the Jedi or not. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. 
probably coached him. They probably coached him to not to not respond to that. You're right. not really supposed to. Yeah, sure. Um, so so in the okay, so that's interesting that like there's been a back and forth on the trend of whether or not they say I love you. And I just want to say to say I love you to multiple people at the same time is very French. As <laughs> listeners may know. As listeners may know, I lived in France. And I remember like dating guys who like on date three would be like, je t'aime. And I was like, are you fucking out of your mind? What are we, this is, no, this has to like, we have to date for several months for me to ever utter shit like that. And they just throw it away. It's way more casual to say it. So um, I just want to, in defense of throwing around your I love yous. uh, Can't get it back. You're being French. You know? It's it's rough. Yeah. It's a tough one. So okay, in the in the in the end, they don't do the the um the the ceremony mm-hmm. because you know um, Leslie was spared that embarrassment, and she says it would have it was so embarrassing and it's embarrassing to get dumped on TV. She like yeah. says that a I, lot. You know, I I want to say I feel like she handled it pretty well. You know, there were tears yeah. and all that, but it's like completely justified tears. I I think I think as far as getting dumped on television goes. That was a good one. But she was like, uh, what struck me was when he was like, well, I should go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I know. And, no, and then he goes to the, like, a table outside and Jesse comes over and gives him a big hug or whatever. And he's like, I broke a good woman's heart, you know. And, and like, this is the worst times. I've felt since my wife died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The quote was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the quote was, I haven't felt this bad in a long time except for when my wife died. But this is a close fucking second. I broke a fucking yeah. woman's heart. And it's like, <gasps> Gary's cursing. Look at this. My, you know, yes. the, the, the veil has dropped a little bit. Um, but, yes. yeah. Yes. It, it, with with the whole like when I first saw you know like her crying or whatever my cynical view was as it always is like oh you don't even know this dude Jesus Christ like this because I because I know that like you know these things they stretch out but like they can be filmed very quickly <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying a lot of this is happening yeah. quicker than we think but then at the same time I was like dude if you, if you were in this position even if you didn't actually feel broken hearted you would cry for being embarrassed on national mm-hmm. television oh, because sure. it's like I feel like doing the bachelor and then it being done like especially if you don't win you've now got to go back to your real life and no one is ever going to look at you the same again you're always going to be True. the lady that was you know on the bat it, it's, it's like yeah. it's just like when you you know when you really want to get laid you're like oh I got to do this I got to do this I'm so excited then you do it and it's with a person that maybe you don't really care for and it, it was the end of the night and you get done and you're like oh my god what have I done that has to be times a million when you go through the whole bachelor experience and then go back to Publix and see the lady at the cheese station and she's just like so how have you been that's what i would um like i that's why i wouldn't be good on this show because they they speak so freely about like so sure about being in love about how like the connection i would i would be like they'd be like how do you feel and i'd be like you know because i don't want to be embarrassed i'd be like (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's good but you know, I mean, could could turn could turn anyway. I I don't want to I don't want to be so sure about it because you know what I mean. Could be anything. I think um I think like there have been as a as a Bachelor Nation person, uh, there have been people who have turned it around and become the hero. And I think that's what happened for her too. Is like the audience loved her. The audience was on her side. They probably want her to be the golden bachelorette. Like Ooh. there's like mm-hmm. there's something to say to be said about not winning that can actually be winning. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't know what the what the opportunities are going to be in the future. And we even saw in the like sneak peek of the another bachelor season them using gold, the bachelorette uh, the the women from the golden bachelorette in other episodes yep. um, as like consultants or whatever those fucking roles are. Yep. Um, so so I wanted, I actually texted um, Faith the Nation alum Selena Kopic, who was on an earlier episode of the recap, um, and she's a big bachelor head, and she, um, I said, what did you think of the finale? And she said that, you know, in the Bachelor series, seven a good majority of the time, 70% of the time she, she surmised, the bachelor picks the hot one, but not the one that's good for him. That's true. 
And what was really surprising about this finale is that Gary chose not the hot one. I mean, look, they're both hot. I was going to say, so all like, of this them is were a, hot. They're, I know, no, This is a ridiculous thing, but it just in terms of like- The one you know, that he Leslie, has passion with. Yeah. Right, right. Like the, you know, the, Leslie had that more like kind of like free spirit, oh my God, vibe. And- um, what's her face? Teresa. Uh, Teresa had more of a the stable mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, and they never picked- choose the stable one because I think when you become the bachelor, you're like, I gotta punch out of my league. Like once I once I've uh become this, this is the only way I'm gonna get someone this this hot, you know? Yes. Whereas yes. like they so they never choose the person who like has their own business or like the family goes well or like anything like that. So that was surprising. Yeah, which it makes total mm-hmm. sense because in real life, when you only have a finite amount of time with someone, the attractiveness is the first thing that leads everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like a hundred percent. Like it, to say that you know good looks don't have anything to do with anything is just it's not reality. Again, they were all very good looking. There was a, they yeah. were yes. all gorgeous. Yes. But uh, but yeah, you know, and I and, and I thought Leslie right the second one to uh, yeah. go out. Yeah, I mean, I personally found her to be more attractive, but only because she reminded me of Ross uh, Ross from uh, Frasier. Uh, yes. Perry, Gil- Perry Gilpin, who, <laughs> yes. who I have a huge and have had a huge crush on my entire life. So I was sad to see her go. Thought he made the wrong yeah. call. Question: um, Did mm-hmm. oh you were talking about Faith? Faith, yes, kicked, yes, faith. yes, yes, yeah, faith. yeah, yeah, faith, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, but he was like, I don't want to be a horse guy. Yeah, and hey, yeah. listen, if you don't want to be a horse guy, don't get with a horse gal because they will be doing some horse shit. I promise yep. you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing that, that Gary said in the sort of, I think, live interview on stage, he said he said she knew how to nurture a relationship of 43 years. That's that the was big one, one the as reasons. well. Right? Yeah. I mean, that felt like the most telling thing he could say, which is that like, if if we were to believe him, which Corey doesn't, but if we were to believe <laughs> Gary at his word that he's really looking for love, that he's really looking for a partner, and that's what this is about, his calculation has to be who knows how to have a partnership that will Absolutely. be long lasting because I want this to go until I die. Absolutely. In, so like in eight obviously years. Teresa. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was Corey. like, this is gonna suck when the first person from the Golden Bachelor dies. Like this is gonna like be really tough on the nation. We'll have the same president. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, so, so, so then, of course, he, you know, he asked her to marry. I mean, I, I, my first thought when he asked her to marry him was just for both of their sakes. I was just like, prenup, you oh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Prenup. Are we yeah. going to do one? Can we make sure that happens? Yeah. There's some, uh, you know, um, wills and shit that need yeah. to, I don't want the, you know, the grandkids to be screwed, fucked over in this situation. Also in their yeah. prenup, they would have to have like contractual things about guest appearances on future bachelors and stuff. Like, you know, their season mm-hmm. two bonus. We all know if the, you know, if they come back, they got to get like 10% more. That's all going in there and the will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to get married <laughs> in like a month. <laughs> in a month on television. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's right. January so, 4th, correct? Gabe, has that happened before? Yes, but they haven't done it in in a while. Okay. So like they 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 haven't done a separate special. They had um um this is going to sound fake. They had Crystal and and Goose, whose name is Chris. <laughs> uh I know. I know. I know. And they're already oh, divorced. They're already divorced. Yeah, no um, shit. But they had them get married on Paradise. Okay. So like a sep- uh, on a different show. But they have not done like a wedding special for just those people in a while. Isn't there one famously that got married very many years ago and they're still together? Trista and Ryan. Okay, yeah. She was like the first Bachelorette. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that one worked. So yeah, because the other thing that Selena mentioned was that, so we talked about the, the ratio on the on the Bachelor is that you know, a, a wide majority of them pick the hot one. But on The Bachelorette, the majority picks the stable one. Yes. Is, is, is that right, Gabe? Yes. I would say there's been a trend in the recent years where that's not true. Like, I think Rachel Recchia didn't pick. I mean, it's hard. She picked the one that she had uh, more doubts about. Um, and then I uh, and then uh, I think Michelle chose the hot one. And uh, and and made a mistake there. Um, yeah. And then 
Yeah, there's been like a, a more of a trend of the women picking the hot one. I would say like Rachel Lindsay chose the stable one and they're still together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, hey, women are but smarter. Like, that's that's what I'm yeah. saying. I think if, a, if the if the choice, which is why when people are online dating and stuff like that, I was so good at online dating. I've talked about it on the show before. And one of the things I always say is men are actually are not good at determining who's good for them. No, but women are actually good at it. Yeah. And just to like paint a ridiculous gendered brush on everything. um, Like, you know, it. I find that it tends to be that women are better at it. And so like be the one to do the reaching out when you're online dating. Do not let be the one that just passively responds to requests or whatever. Because that is like not a person that those people are not necessarily making informed decisions. Don't you think, though, that that's just a result of years of us following gender norms and it just being in our psyche, like mm -hmm. with, te with in television and all this stuff where like a dude, he's like, I'm going to go for the hot one because at the end of the day, I'm going to be the one working and doing everything anyway. So who gives a shit? You know, may as you know, I'm not saying it's this the is the trophy right. I'm just wife, like the yeah, old yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, trophy yeah. wife. Whereas, yeah. whereas the, the woman and I don't know how it goes on The Bachelor or all these things of like. The woman throughout history, not now, whatever, has been like, I, well, like, looks don't really matter. I need to be taken care of. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Again, I'm not suggesting this is right, but, like, it's hard to shake uh, how we've been as a culture for a millennia. Yeah, I think a lot of the women now have their own careers right. and their own, uh, like, Rachel Recchi is a pilot, Michelle's right. a teacher. The big problem now is that everyone becomes an influencer. So they right. leave yeah. the show and they become an influencer. Like Michelle's no longer teaching. Uh, Charity is still with, she chose the stable guy and she's still with him, but she immediately went on Dancing with the Stars. Like right. they, yeah. they no longer do the job that um, they right. went on the, the show, show is doing. The show is a pathway. Yeah. yeah. The show is a pathway to something else. Yeah. Um, and, but so I guess you know, I'm going to close on this thing, which is that the Hollywood Reporter did a tell all. Yeah. Mm. Did you guys read this article? Okay. So for those of you who don't know, I read three a, articles, but I don't know if one of them was this one. I read there's part a piece of it. It's about Gary that basically his golden history is not as golden. Sure. Yes. He had basically lied about having a girlfriend in the eight years. He did have a, a couple of girlfriends, and one of them, I guess, was quite serious. But did he lie? He just didn't. He he was skirted it. I, yeah, I mean. See, politician. My, okay, politician. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So, to my, my feeling as a viewer is that he made it sound like he never had a girlfriend in the in these eight years. Yeah. He but said he hadn't definitely. had sex in a long time. That's what right. he said. Long right. time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But what does that mean? Yeah. yeah he right. Exactly. Mean? He did a, a politician. Oh, my God. Your headgum host just popped on and said it was a month after Tony's death, which feels shady. That's okay. super fucking shady. Yeah, well, thank you, Andrew. That's right. It was a month after Tony. There it, is I don't a thing, know if that's shady. No, there is a thing where widows and widowers uh, like rebound hard. Yes. They do. That's yeah. true. A friend, a, of month. Mine's, a friend of mine's mom died recently. And I was like, how's your dad doing? And she's like, oh, my God, he's on you know, Tinder. It's a, and he's in his 70s. And it's a fucking disaster. He's just like like going out with anyone it's well and I, and I think that's a really natural response because you're so at lost for dudes especially and, uh, for, for men if especially. you if you get to a certain age and you've been with a woman for a long time you don't know how to do anything my so, dad doesn't know how to do shit so you need a new woman very quickly because you're yeah. like wake up and you're like wait how do I cook how do I how do I do laundry yeah. like they don't know because they went from their mom to their wife yeah yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so if something happened to my mom, my dad would need someone the next day or he's dead in a week. Agreed. If some, same. If, some, if something happened to my dad, yeah. my mom would live her best fucking life. I agree. <laughs> same. Absolute same. Absolute yeah, same. I have, to, I have to be honest. That's the case with my parents as well. <laughs> yep. Um, And it's crazy. And what's crazy, like my dad is a fucking surgeon. It's not yeah. like he doesn't know how to do things. You it's know what I mean? It's our societal norms. He's an extremely elite functioning dude, but like he can't handle regular daily life. Yes. Like, without my mom around. And it's Correct. fascinating. Um, okay, so do we think 
that the, the, there was another lie in the story, which was a little bit, eh, it felt like not a big deal. He's had a bunch of like kind of odd jobs since he retired at age 55. I don't care he about installed that. installed jacuzzis, whatever. Yeah, my I guess my, my broader question is, what a week... How much of a salacious piece was this? The reporting that they found that his history was not exactly as it was portrayed on the show. Do you guys care at all? Not really. I mean, I, you know, I'd already had my mind made up that he was a, a T-100 Terminator psychopath that was, you know, <laughs> thinly veiled. So it just kind of confirmed things for me. But like, I don't know, him having odd jobs after he retired. Like, dude, I know, I know dudes that like, you know, my friend's dads who like, they retired and are well off, but they can't, they just want something to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's like, it's not about the money at all. It's just like, I need a purpose. This is, yeah. you know, and you know, maybe you, it, when you, when you're set financially, you don't have to stick with one of them. It's like, you do this. Oh, I didn't like it. I'm going to go over here. So like, yeah. that doesn't raise any red flags to me at all. I felt annoyed. I, I didn't finish the piece, but like, there was the part where it was like, he's not really a restaurateur. He, he sell, he sold his uh, Mr. Quick Hamburger franchise. But here's the thing. It was like, he sold his franchise uh, after he worked his way up from high school. And I was like, okay, this is reading as classist. Cause like you worked your way up from high school to manage a franchise. That's actually awesome. Like that's way more impressive than just, I use family money. Right. That's actually really cool. And then he sold it and made money. That seems awesome to me. Also that to me, uh, that seems like someone I would describe as a restaurateur. Right. Someone who right, took right, a restaurant. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> you know? They're just like, the oh, other- but it's not like a, you know, a French bistro that he like right. built. It's like, right. you it's guys not are a Michelin starred. Yeah. You guys are assholes. Um, the other thing that I want, I thought was really telling was that, it, you know, they were like trying to make this article seem very damning, right? And yeah. one of the things they did is interviewed people with whom he installed jacuzzis and they were like, yeah, he was like a super great guy. His coworkers loved him. (laughs) Yeah, the coworkers loved him. So I'm like, you guys are having a real hard time making this like that bad. There's been a slew. So there's been a trend where the men who come on the show, their exes come out and just destroy them. Eviscerate, Um, yeah. Aaron B. it happened to... uh, Clayton, this woman pretended she was pregnant. There was like a whole scandal where she pretended oh, she was pregnant and and released all their text messages. There's like a, a bachelor producer, ex-producer who's um trying to expose Blake uh, Horseman, who I know these all sound fake. Um, Blake who, Horseman. Horseman. Uh, who <laughs> they oh, um, who they, they were trying to expose him for having a girlfriend like. It's it's a trend now that these guys it's like, well, they were dating someone before they went on the show or they were on dating apps before they went on the show. And it's like, yeah, no who shit. Ca- who cares? Yeah. Like, whatever. It's completely fine. But it's like um, a big trend. Right. Um, th- This is uh, this entire experience has been fascinating. Um, I want to hear last thoughts from you guys. I don't know. Predictions about whether or not this marriage will work or I don't whatever you want to say. And also an extra special question for Corey, which is. Would you ever watch another one of these? If you ask me to, yes. <laughs> I would. No, I can. I. I will say this though, because yeah. I shit on the whole thing, but that's just me being a cynical comedian trying to do sure, bits. Sure. Yeah. I was surprised at how much I didn't hate it, and the women were was, awesome. They were yeah. awesome, and and you know what? I think it's that I've I've never watched a full episode before, but like maybe my mom or somebody was watching the, the original Bachelor and I just wasn't into it. It's because I, I'm i more interested in the older women because yes. they've they've lived a life. And I think I went into it with all these preconceived notions of like, oh, these women are going to be gold diggers and blah, 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 blah. And like that was definitely true of the early Bachelor because they were young girls right. who hadn't done anything. But I found myself just being apropos of the gimmick of the show, just being like, oh, that's a nice lady. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm interested in her. And, <laughs> totally, and, I'm, totally. and, I'm, and, and I'm rooting for her as a person. And also, man, I didn't realize how freeing watching something like this is for your brain. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking nothing the whole time. Oh, you know what I mean? I wasn't yes. trying to figure out shit. I would, And I don't do that. I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, anything I watch must be for at least some type of educational purpose, even if yes. it's just to watch it to understand how the shot was so mm-hmm. I can film something right, like that. Right. My brain was just completely off, and I was getting to watch MILFs be MILFs. It was yeah. great. So, yes, I will watch it. I will watch it. You again. might like Milk, MILF Manor. If you're interested in MILFs. 
Are they <laughs> so they're older gals that have life experience? Yes, but Milf Manor is nuts where they have these women come and they're like, you're going to date these younger guys. And then they're like, and then the twist is that the younger guys are each of the other Milf's sons. Get the fuck out. I got to watch that. And they tell the sons, you're going to go to this mansion and date these older women and cut to their mom is there. Oh my God. Yeah, I got to watch that. Amazing. So Gabe, final thoughts on this season of television. Um, I enjoy, uh, I think The Bachelor needs a huge shakeup. I enjoyed that they plucked someone from obscurity and didn't use, uh, obviously they didn't have a choice, but they didn't use, uh, that's not true. People wanted Gabby, uh, Wendy's grandpa, right? Mm. They didn't choose someone who was already on the show. And I think that drew a lot more people in than they expected. Uh, and they used to do that, right? They used to just not use people from past um, seasons. They would right. like pluck someone from obscurity. Obscurity. And yeah. I think that, and and those people would have interesting jobs. And I think um, that that is something that they should consider doing more because yeah. if you didn't like this person on the past season, why would you tune in? They think it's a draw, but right. I think it's actually become a detriment because you think that that person is doing this to continue their career. That they've yeah. already built from The Bachelor. And it was more sincere to think this was like a person coming on who who really did want to find love, love and wasn't already part of The Bachelor machine making money, making money. Does that make that's sense? That's a great point. Yeah, I think that's an incre- that, I, that that's the best point. And one of the things, the, the character that felt like the least sort of admirable to me was April, who does become then a consultant or whatever character. And I don't like that at all. Like, I don't like the idea, you know, like if someone like Susan kind of naturally becomes another figure, I mean, I can see that she's very charismatic. She didn't feel like she was coming in with that goal. Right. April felt like she was coming in with the goal of like becoming an like elder influencer or something. Yeah. And I did not, I did not appreciate that, that vibe. Like she seemed like, you know, she's probably a great person, blah, blah, blah. But like, I just don't want that as a goal for anybody. I just yeah. want to see real people being real people. I also liked that there were less contestants. I think that's a really great move. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't so, know that. so normally there's a ton more. Yeah. That seemed like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. This was already too many for me to fucking yeah. keep hold. I know. Of, I can't know? remember any names. Uh, by the way, I'm with you both uh, on that. A, the bachelor needs to shake up and that B, there shouldn't be repeat contestants. And I, I have a way to solve both. Uh, I think that anyone who gets kicked off The Bachelor who does not receive a rose should immediately uh, be put on ice and set adrift. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's interesting because people are also starting to get savvy and realizing that they don't want something where they can't control the edit. So a lot of these people, usually Bachelor in Paradise was like the creme, creme of the you know, creme de la creme, which now there are ex-bachelorettes on there, which is is pretty unusual. But they're starting to pluck people who were gone on night one or people who they didn't even, like now there's a thing where there's so many contestants on night one that they'll be like, this person's coming down to the to the beach. Here's them on the show. And like a bit is like, here they are in the scene, but you never met them. Here they are in the group, but you never met them. And I think it's because those people are desperate to make something of their uh, appearance. Whereas like someone who was already on is like, I got fucked by the edit. Why would I come back? And right. social media, right, right, social right, media right, has right. changed it entirely. Oh, okay. Well, I just, I want um, my, my whole hope for this show is that there's more of this, this kind of earnest golden bachelor vibe where people are just sort of like real human beings, their tears, their laughs. There's like, there's, I've got a little yeah. bit more of a feeling of reality. I in think the they're getting usurped. Show. They were only, they were only game in town and now it's love is blind. And right. Exactly. Like, so this yeah. is like, this is a good revival of the, of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, well, folks, that is the end of this recap pod. Um, what a wonderful, as they say in The Bachelor, but I never say in my own life, journey mm-hmm. it has been um, to be able to recap it. Um, and I would love for the people of Faith the Nation to be able to follow the two of you and the wonderful things that you do. Where do they do that? Corey. Oh, uh, it's at Corey R. Forrester on all the socials. But my favorite thing that you can do to support me is go to bonuscorey.com. That is my Substack uh, where I write essays. I also produce audio dramas and whatnot. I'm currently in 
in the middle of building my own little universe called Chickaluki. It's sort of my Lake Wobegon, uh, as it were. So that's fun. Bonuscory.com. I love wow. that you used a really nerdy Lake Wobegon reference to describe <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> that is vintage Corey right there. Um, Gabe, where do they find you? You can find me uh, at Gabe S. Dunn on Instagram and at Dabby Gun on TikTok. And uh, all my shows are available wherever. Also, I'm currently fundraising for uh, my debut feature film. Uh, so nice. you can, thank you. So you can go to at you and I, you and me film on Instagram and you can, there's casting calls. There's going to be like even more ways to help out. Um, there's, you can donate through the film independent and also directly to me. So there's like tons of ways. And and if you follow it and, and you're someone who works in entertainment, there's job opportunities that I'm posting and things like that. So if you get, need a big, dumb, there. stinky redneck, uh, I work for scale. You know? Wait, do you live in L.A.? No, but I'm there all the time. <laughs> Where do you live? At Chickamauga, Georgia, home of the bloodiest two-day battle in the entire Civil War. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was like, I love his voice. I'm going to ask where he lives immediately. <laughs> um, so, folks, follow this movie. Support this movie. I can't wait to, to see it. Um, and you know where to find me in all the things I do. I will be um, I will be in Chicago on December 7th doing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And I'm going to be at Carnegie Hall on December 15th doing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And I, my mushroom article um, where I wrote, where I fucking tripped balls, at a mushroom retreat in Jamaica, that piece, it, which is mammoth, I left everything on the field. Is that the expression? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That piece is coming out on December 4th. So please, it's in a far magazine. And I really, really can't wait for you to read it because I truly, truly bared all of the all of my souls in that piece. Um, so um, I really want to thank all the people that make this show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Um, that's the everyone, the fantastic people at HeadGum. I want to thank Gabby Alter for our theme music. If you have any thoughts or questions, please email us at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to support the show at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. And don't forget to leave us an Apple review because that helps people find the show. And um, that is it. We will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.